what it is, but every time I make a cheese and Vegemite toasty, the cheese always all falls out. Neat! Hello and welcome to Isn't It Neat, a podcast where we talk about things we think are neat. My name is Erin and I am joined by just Caitlin this week. Hello! So this week Helen is taking a break because we don't want to spoil her because what are we talking about, Caitlin? Talking about how you read to me the entire first book of the Wheel of Time series and I listened. Yes. <laughs> so we have finished our read-through of The Eye of the World. Um, Helen has no interest in reading the books Um and we want to keep her nice and fresh and clean for watching the TV shows. TV shows. TV show. Um, so I have read all of The Wheel of Time, all 15 books, uh, but Caitlin has only read the first book now. So this episode will contain spoilers for The Whole of the Eye of the World, the first book in The Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan, and also spoilers for season one of the television adaptation on Prime Video, because we'll probably be comparing the two a little bit. Mm. All right, ready to go, Caitlin? Yes. So The Wheel of the Eye of the World begins with a prologue. Do you remember the prologue? I want it to be um, the previous dragon having his meltdown and that guy just being like, dude... <laughs> Yes, that's the prologue. Fantastic. I remembered. Yay. Um, So basically what what happens is that there's a man wandering around and everything's fucked up. There's all these dead bodies around and the walls are like protruding and crazy angles and there's all this rumbling in the background and stuff and he's just like do-do-do-do-do and then this other dude shows up and the first dude is like, oh, a guest. Where's my where's my wife, Ileana? Like we have a guest. Let's um, let's uh, entertain our guest. And the guest is like, oh man, you are totally nuts. I'm gonna heal you. And he, t- and, he and he he says all these words that you don't know, and talks about people you don't know, and titles you don't know, and um, heals this guy whose name is Luz Therin Telemon, and who realizes that, oh, he killed his wife and all of his whole family. And he gets really upset and teleports to a place and turns himself into a mountain. I forgot the mountain bit. Yeah, because the mountain <laughs> bit was not. It makes so much sense now. Everything yeah. connects. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. Yeah, so. Because my memory of this bit... whole bit is, yes, you read it to me, but, like, the, um, what's his name? The dragon guy. Lutheran Telemon. Yeah, he, he's he's like a um, really pleasant person who's just a little bit way too drunk and like <laughs> trying to be like, "Welcome to my home. I have food and things. Like, come join the party." But like, is surrounded by devastation. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like clearly not like present in that moment. And then he gets healed, and he's like, "Oh crap! <laughs> like, this is not okay." And like, in the best like holy shit, I need to get out of this situation. I can't be here anymore, like, in any sense. <laughs> Goes and turns himself into a mountain. <laughs> yeah, he's very upset. Yeah, so, well, it makes sense. <laughs> so the prologue is is kind of weird. I think when I first read it, I was like, uh, oh, fantasy prologue, don't know what they're talking about. I'm sure it'll be important later because then we c- turn the page into chapter one and we cut to... Rand and Tam walking down the road. 
Oh, I like like the show. We're introduced to the two rivers, um, which is where the action takes place at the beginning of the sh- of the book. Uh, so we meet Rand, who's special boy. Mm-hmm. We meet his dad, Tam. Um, they're walking down the road. He sees a mysterious man in a black cape. It doesn't move. Freaks out a little bit, and they head into town. And we also meet a whole bunch of characters. So we meet Matt and Perrin, not together. We meet them mm. both and they're um, Rand's friends. They're, they're boys about the same age. We also meet Egwene, who is Rand's love interest. Crush, crush, not really a love yeah, interest. Crush. Yeah, crush. Yeah. Um, one big difference from, from the show is that in the show they're in a relationship. And they're a lot older. As well, <laughs> they're the same age, but they act their age in the show, <laughs> in the book. As really? They act, yeah. In the oh, book, they act like asked, they're fourteen. Yeah. Every time you like ask me, like, how old do you think they are? And I was like twelve. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no. <laughs> they're like, no, they're like twenty. The boys 20. are like twenty, and I'm and like, Wayne's a few years younger. Yeah. And then like you would read me a couple more chapters, and, and then like say something, and I'd be like, oh, they're just kids. <laughs> You're like, no, they're adults. I'm like, no, they're mentally, not. <laughs> mentally, they're they're kids, but they're written to be. Like the mental age of twelve-year-olds, like they're not written to be adults. Yeah, they're also very, very sheltered. So they live in Emmonsfield, which is a town in the Two Rivers. And what's really exciting about the start in the start of the book, the things that are happening, is that there are visitors. Yeah, there's people and there's and multiple visitors and <laughs> that have come in. That the strangers in the Two Rivers, they're like, holy yeah. cow, we have not seen strangers in yet, like generations. Yeah, since we've like, seen a stranger. Wasn't Matt being a little shit and getting in trouble for it, but also being like, I have some gossip, guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He had he had caught a badger. And yeah. he's going to let it loose on the green. So he's like, Rand, yeah. Rand, come on, let's let's let the badger loose on the green and see, make the girl scream or something. Yeah. We meet, so we meet Egwene as well, who Rand thinks about their, their all but promise to each other. Um, she's just had her hair braided, um, which means that she's able to marry now. She's old enough to get married. And Rand kind of goes, holy shit, uh, don't know how I feel about this. But then she also says that she's going to be a wisdom, so she's apprenticed to Nynaeve, who we also meet a little bit later. Nynaeve's the best. Nynaeve's the best. Um, so she's, she's like, I'm apprenticed and I'm going to be a wisdom. And Rand's like, but what? Wisdoms don't get married. So he's kind of. No, he's doing the two things. He's like, she's like, hey, I'm a grown up girl now. Look at me. My hair's awesome. And he's like, yeah, it is. I don't want to tell you that, though, because I'm 12 in the body of a man. And I can't tell you that I'm like, I've got this crush on you and I think you're amazing. You're really cute. Um, and then she's all like, but I'm going to be a wisdom. And he's like, ah, my plans. Yeah. <laughs> Which he does in the show as well. But it's like. I think it's better in the show where they he goes off of and a has a little salt. Yeah, yeah, they have a grown-up conversation because she's offered, she's offered this job essentially, and she's yeah. like, and they're in a relationship already, and she's like, "Look, I've been offered this job, and I think it's a it really would be good really opportunity good for my career, <laughs> and I think it's right for me, and it's a really difficult decision, but I yeah. think this is where I want to go." And he's like, "So she's oh. communicating in both." Yeah, like, so they situations. essentially break up. Yeah, um, and in the in the TV show, she's communicating, and he has a tantrum because he hasn't communicated at all. And in the book, she's communicating, being like, "I'm excited about these like wonderful new opportunities in my life, and you're my friend." And he's like, "I haven't told you, but we're getting married, and no, I'm I not going to tell you about it." <laughs> I think that every like the whole town 
Well, the assumption is because the he's assumption is that they're going to end up together, her, yeah. and they all know, and they they both know that. But I think Egwene mm. a little bit is like, I'm going to be, I'm leaving, wanting him to be like, no, Egwene, I want to marry you, like that kind of almost baiting him because I want him to be sad that I'm and that I'm thinking about being a wisdom. Okay, because like, like that's how I read it anyway. Yeah, in that, the book. it does make sense that way. That is not how my brain works ever. Like I've never had that. I've always been like, this is what I'm doing, and like, oh, I totally, people- I totally would have done that if I was when I was like 15. I'd have been like, you say something and be like, just to provoke a reaction, and you want this particular reaction. You want them to let you know that they like you, but you're not going to tell them that you like them. Yeah, you they want have them to, to go fight first. for you to prove themselves sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> like really, it's really petty. It's awful. But that I think that kind of very childish relationship goes throughout this book. It makes sense though and it does tie into all those moments where you're like each boy assumes one of the other boys is better at things. Is better at talking to girls. And they're yeah. better at aspects. So They're all really finding their way. And, yeah, and, because and they're 12 years that, old. It is that kind of <laughs> teen relationship, that like high school kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and as I've as I've gotten older and as I read it through, like this, they're really young, they're like in this mindset, I'm like, actually, it's quite cute, <laughs> some of the stuff. Some of the stuff can be really toxic, but it's like, oh, yeah, they're young. Yeah, because you – Every person has to have a toxic moment or several different kinds of toxic moments to learn that they're toxic and not okay, like being a petty little shit in high school. Um, yeah, as long as that the character grows and develops yeah. along in the series. Yeah. We meet Nynaeve and Egwene together. So Nynaeve is kind of talked about for a few chapters before we actually meet her. And the things that are said about, about her is that she's very young. Mm-hmm. She's the wisdom, which is unusual that she's a very young wisdom. And she's kind of mean, and she hits people with sticks. And they're yeah, because she tells them of off. <laughs> and the and the old guy is grumbling because she said and something Louis. about the weather, and he didn't. He's like, it's not that. And it's like you know, people yeah. who watch like the weather, and it's like fifty percent chance of rain across this entire map, and they're like, it's not raining here. Uh, weather doesn't know anything. It's like you don't yeah. understand what they said, though. Yeah. So that's so that's what we hear about Nine Even. She kind of does bludgeon her way into being authoritative, yeah. which I, I can certainly, I think I understand where she's coming from, that she is young. She's only about 25. She looks a lot younger than she is and people, the older people in the village don't respect her but she's been given this position of authority so she makes herself really um, kind of scary and menacing Threatening mm, them a lot, with pushing a them around, yeah, yeah it's in order to get that authority and that respect. It's like the only way she sees through that. Yeah, but I kind of love her. She comes and she's like, you're, you're just an idiot. You're just an yeah. idiot. Stop it. <laughs> and they look at her yeah. and she's just like, yeah, you're an idiot. And then she walks off and she's proven right later. And they go, well, we can't bitch at her about it because she'll just yeah. call us an idiot again. <laughs> yeah, whatever we do, <laughs> we're going to get smacked. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so they're the – the two, the Emmonsfield Five is what we call them. So we've got Rand, Matt, Perrin, Egwene, and Nynaeve. And then we also meet some of the characters in the village. So we meet um, the mayor. And Sambui. Yeah, the Thatcher. Um, we hear about the Congas and the Coplands, who are like an interbred family that always complain about stuff. Peaks like, so we get polygals. a little bit 
we get a little bit of like the flavor of this community. Mm-hmm. And then we also meet the the visitors, the strangers. So the first one to come is Padden Fane, who's a peddler. He's not really a stranger. He comes every year at um Beltine. I like how he's um, characterized in the book because he's not this sort of sleazy car salesman type guy. He's. Oh, he's I this, think he is though. But he they is don't though. Get but it. he's a grumbly. Like he's not. So in the show, he smiles with his teeth, not his eyes. Yeah. Whereas in the book, he is happiest when he's telling people bad tidings. So like he'll come yeah. and tell the news of like, oh, the war is terrible. Mm. Oh, the sheep are dying. And everyone's like paying attention to him because he's he's the special boy in that yeah. instance. He's the only one who's got the information. And no one can say like, oh, no, that didn't happen. He's the local celebrity, really. He totally so like, is. Well, it doesn't matter if he's toxic. They don't know any different. Um so we also meet Tom Marilyn. Oh my god, Tom! <laughs> All right, so I do forget a lot. <laughs> yeah, we met we met Tom in the two rivers here. Yeah, so he was. Um, so he's a gleeman, and which is a travelling performer. Yeah, which he's a is inc- yeah, this is incredibly <laughs> exciting because no one's ever seen a gleeman come to the two rivers before, and this is like a huge momentous occasion. Mm. Yeah, it's like every time you used moustaches because that's in the description i you know the scottish terrier dogs with those beautiful little moustaches yeah but that in a human form (laughs) (laughs) and i love him so much he's so good he's not the best character but he is up there he gets an honorable mention (laughs) so in in the show we don't meet him until quite a lot later later, quite a lot later only rand and matt meet him Um, but in the book he's in the two rivers Mm. and then we have i think one of the, the visitors that they're almost most excited about is Moraine and Lan. Because mm, she's a lady. She's a lady. And yeah. so this this is interesting because she's not incognito at all. So when, it, when they leave and they, they're travelling around, she takes off her Aes Sedai ring and she goes by another name. But here in the two rivers she goes by her name and she's wearing her ring. It's just that no one knows what that means. Mm. Which is probably why she's done that. She's like, whatever. Because she's quite, yeah, (laughs) she's like, they don't know what this is, so Mm. I don't need to hide anything. And also there's no positive benefit of hiding in this situation. So why lie? Or why be, uh, why obfuscate? Mm. Because she can't lie. That's exactly what she does. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So we meet all of those, all of these sort of main players, these, these characters, and then we come to the winter night sequence which I think was done absolutely brilliantly in the show so in the book we follow Rand and Tam back to their farmhouse which they decide not to spend winter night in town because there's strangers about there's this man in the black cloak um so we go back home um and uh, daddy daddy special boy um is on like the count the men's council or something isn't yeah, he? Tam's part of the village council. Yeah, but they listen to him when he says things, like he's like an unofficial second or Yeah, he's like, well respected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the town. I remembered a thing. I'm so proud of me. Yeah. <laughs> so they're back at the farm and they get attacked by Trollocs. So we get this Trolloc bursts in. Um Rand throws a kettle of water, a boiling kettle of water, and which is like it's a really Good reaction, like throw boiling water on the intruder. Yeah, and it would be like a farm kettle, like the ones that you hang on Off, those. Yeah, from the fire. Yeah, so it would be like really heavy and yeah. hot. 
Tam, meanwhile, before the intrusion, has dug out a sword from under the bed, which is like, whoa, Rand's never seen a sword before, didn't even know there was one in the Two Rivers. And this mm-hmm. one's a special one. It's got a heron mark blade. Um, yeah, but which, like, he doesn't know anything, so we have no, no idea what that like, means. No, he's just like, whoa, a sword. And Tam gives a little bit of, you, you wonder about Tam, you're like, hmm. He's like, where's he been? Where's he got this? He sort of says some things that you're like, there's a history behind this, but that we do that we don't know about. Um, so the Trollocs attack. Um, Tam grabs his sword and starts attacking them. Tells Rand to run. Rand makes quite a smart decision. So he goes to run out the back door, which is locked. They've locked it for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. And he looks at the door and he goes. I don't think I want to open the door because then Trollocs could get in that way. So I'm going to climb out the window. So he climbs out the window. And then immediately undoes all of his good work. He runs away and then (laughs) he yells back to Tam that he's out of the house, basically giving Tam a chance to, because he was basically, Tam was holding them back so that Rand could escape and then he had Mm -hmm. to let him know that he'd escaped. I know know the thought process. Yeah, so I think I think in terms of decisions made, the times that he yelled, it was not about him. It's about trying to save his dad. Yeah, like and it all worked. Like it did work out that Tam could then run away from Rand and go around and stuff. I just remember either this was like a whole freaking chapter of him just yelling and being stupid, or <laughs> I just got really mad at it. <laughs> I think you just, you were on your really, really hate Rand. Anything he does is bad. No, I don't Train. hate him. I'm very frustrated by him. Hmm. He, all the other characters progress in some way, whereas the character that you meet in the TV show of Special Boy is exactly the same as the shitty, terrible person that he He's not a bad person. He's just not good at doing anything. Like, yeah. He's got so much plot armor. Like he's got mm. no personality. It's, yeah, it's yeah. I just think that that, that was thing. affected a little bit by the television show keeping who the the identity of the dragon reborn a mystery. So then Rand couldn't mm. really do no, I think, much because it might give that like, away. Yeah, you like, just don't like him. <laughs> he's just a really dense adult. Mm. <laughs> um, sheltered. Yeah. Mm, so. Mm. I, I would argue that we were a little bit sheltered. Mm, totally we weren't sheltered. that stupid. I don't know. I probably what it was. <laughs> I can see myself in those kids. Um, mm. So anyway, Tam gets injured by a trollic blade, which is like poisoned, um, and he goes off into fever dreamland and then Rand ends up dragging him through the woods. And this and bit takes- was smart because – he couldn't carry him. He couldn't get the horse. Yeah, so he, he made makes a, a little, makeshift yeah. litter and doesn't go on the road. He goes, no, he goes near along. the road. So he has to yeah. sort of bushwhack all the way back to town. Um, and it's an awful and it's an horrible experience. And meanwhile, Tam is kind of raving as his fever dreams about finding mm. a baby. And, Ran, and Rand's like, what? She's like, no, you're my daddy. You're my daddy. You're my daddy. And then you that continues the for the entire book. Yes. Um, they arrive back in Emmonsfield first thing in the morning to find that also the village has been attacked. And Rand's like, oh, yeah, I saw a whole bunch of Trollocs going away from the village, of course. Um, this next bit where he goes, he basically goes from person to person going, where's Nynaeve? And eventually gets to Nynaeve and Nynaeve goes, can't help him. Sorry, man. <laughs> Like I have to be helping the people that are going to live and I've got nothing I can do here. And yeah, so he, so he goes, okay, Nynaeve said no. Um, 
Maybe we can convince Nynaeve that she needs to say yes. No, yeah. And so he goes to like the next authority that he can think of, which is like, is the, is he the mayor or the, the mayor, chief? Yeah, yeah. So he goes to the mayor and the mayor goes, hang I'll on. I'll get Nynaeve. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go get Nynaeve. And meanwhile, but don't worry about it. Saves the day. Lady Moraine's nearby. <laughs> yeah. So Tom the Gleeman is in the room as well. Somehow yeah. he's ended up there and he kind of lays down very subtly and he kind of leads the mayor, Bran the mayor, <laughs> to say, oh, we can get the Aes Sedai to heal this. Yeah, and there you go. You got that. You got. You got yeah, there by yourself. Lead, I didn't tell you. There. So Tom has a pretty good read on the village, and he, I think, he even says it. He's like, "I'm an outsider. If I had, if he he had come straight out and suggested it, there might have been a bit of pushback because we know that two rivers people are stubborn. Says it all the way through the book. Yeah. Stubborn. So they don't want to listen to outlanders and stuff. And so he my favorite lets thing them get Tom. to the conclusion. Yeah, exactly. My favorite thing about Tom is he's very very similar to Moraine, but he doesn't like her. He he's not okay with Isodai. Like he's like they're there. They have these abilities. He doesn't like her. Um, but they could be useful. Have and so they do the same thing where they're they're not necessarily manipulating. Maureen does a little bit more manipulating, but they um identify where the issue is and let like they the leave, room as yeah, a whole understand where they need to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so which Maureen, I think is really fun. <laughs> yeah. So Maureen comes and that's and yeah, so she heals. Tam and he's all going to be okay mm. and then she goes right pack your stuff we got to go you three boys are what the Trollocs are after uh, the dark ones after you we need to get you out of town to keep everyone safe mm-hmm. and they go okay Rand also does his due diligence um, yeah because Maureen tells him that you three were the targets, so these mm-hmm. particular farms and houses and the forge were attacked first and then other houses, like, they were after something. And he does go and he, and he asks the mayor. Yeah, what. he checks up on it. <laughs> yeah, he checks up on it and get and without leading anyone to any conclusions and then he's like, yeah. okay, their stories match. And luckily Tam does wake up in time and they get to have a chat about it and Tam does agree that Rand should go. Yes. And so Rand's like, okay, and off they go. But when they're sneaking out, um, first Moraine tells the the wheat for Manetherin story. Oh, yeah, she stands in the middle. She's like, right, right, right. She yeah, stands she in the middle and tells the story. Staff and Everyone shut up, this, i got a story. <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. It's really yeah. iconic and really epic. And I'm really glad they got to slot that into the show. It's just shortened version in the show. Um mm. But yeah, it's really cool, and and they're all trying to sneak away through f- via the stables. And Tom Marilyn decides he's going to come with them too. He's like, "I'm going to leave, <laughs> like I'm going to out of this town." Mm. Um, also sneaks in, so she's like, "I saw the boys sneaking, and I put two and two together, and I want to go on adventures too." So she wants to be special girl. But yeah, she's a little bit bossy, very into herself, like not in yeah. a, like a oh, "I'm the greatest" way, but more like. I know that I have a bigger destiny than this and I'm going to go and achieve it. Yeah, so she Jesus. worked out, yeah, they were leaving and she's like, um, not without me. Mm. <laughs> and she packs her little bag. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, and I'm so smart. I snuck out too. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. like at this point, Nynaeve's like, um. 
Excuse you? Yeah. <laughs> I saw this too. You're not the only one with eyes. <laughs> so they sneak away and they escape and they leave the two rivers, which Caitlin was like, finally. It took like seven story sessions. Mm. Like it was it's like, like half or the something. book. <laughs> Do you think any of the Emmonsfield Five end up going back to the Two Rivers later in the series? Does anyone return? Oh, I think there's like a drive-by visit. Like uh, you can go home, but you can never like you can go back, but you can never really go home. Sort For of. all of them together, or just some of them? Ah, uh, maybe. I think in the the story of the actual characters themselves, every single one of them at some point does visit the Two Rivers. Okay, but. Whether that is, a, like, I don't think it's as a group. I think it might be, like, ones and twos. Individual visits. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe one of them becomes a um, travelling type, maybe not maybe a gleeman, but, like, something's close and, like, oh, yeah. they just go through the two rivers a few times. <laughs> yeah, just to say hi. Okay, so after we leave the two rivers, we head to Berlon where we meet white cloaks and we meet Min. Minnie's cool, but I only knew that from the TV show. I can't remember anything about her in the book. So Min can see visions around people. Yeah. Um, also at Berlon, so we meet we meet the White Cloaks for the first time and they try and stop them leaving Berlon as well. So we kind of get introduced to that group of of people. They're kind of just like really bad wannabe cops. In the story, which is yeah, they're quite ineffective, aren't they? Yeah, but they're scary because there's more and more and more people kind of aligning themselves with them, yeah. and they're all white men with guns. Um, yeah, <laughs> so they're not powerful, but there's a lot mm. of them, and they're angry um, because of their own ineptitude, but they want to blame someone else for mm. it. So that's when you get. A bit worried about yeah social change. So once oh also in, also in Berlin, Nynaeve catches up with them. Yeah, for your love night. Yeah, she's like so you she, didn't think I noticed. I was busy, yeah. but I noticed. <laughs> so she attracks them, and she's furious. She's so mad at them. She's like, "You're going home right now, children." Yeah. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, "But no need. We, we have can't. to save everyone. We have to save everyone." And she's like, "None of your nonsense." And then like Moraine's like, "Yeah." But it's not really yeah. nonsense. I did tell them this. And she's like, <gasps> and then Tom's like, mm, yeah, kind of true. <laughs> she's like, fine, I'm coming with you, but only yeah. as far as this. And then we're going straight back home. <laughs> yeah. So Nynaeve joins the party and they travel away from Berlon and they encounter Trollocs and stuff on the way and they end up in Shadalo Goth. Yeah. Why did they end up going in? Because I remember them saying, like, it's a bad place. But it was Lorraine the only place they could go. In, oh, the trolley trying to find this, yeah. And the, and the boys are stupid. So dumb. <laughs> this is when they're really dumb. They go exploring. They meet a guy whose name is More Deaf, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, hey, friend. Sure, we'll help you out." Yeah. Uh, this is why I think they're like twelve or something. Like they they yeah. know adults. Like, cool treasure. Yeah. Because Mordis like, I found some treasure, but I don't have enough hands to carry it. So like, if you have well, a carry this treasure, treasure, you can have some. And, and then, like, you're not suspicious at all. Yeah, and I love that Matt straight away is like, I buy in. I buy in immediately. Let's go. And yeah. Perrin's like, Perrin and, uh. Amanda, Perrin and Amanda are like, oh, maybe we shouldn't, but Matt's already gone. And they're like, we can't leave him alone. Yeah, I feel like Perrin then, was suspicious and, and um, 
uh, special boy was just like, but we weren't, we're not allowed to. (laughs) (laughs) That's just my special Mm. boy hate. He's probably like going to develop so much in like later books. Mm. And, but like in this first book, he's just boring. He's just special boy. yeah. Yeah. So they, they meet more death. Matt, steals a dagger and keeps it hidden and and the boys realize that well Rand I think realizes that Mordeth doesn't have a shadow and Mordeth goes nuts and they escape and they find their um place where they're staying Mm -hmm. and then but then during the night there's Trollocs have actually entered the city and so they need to pack up and leave Mm -hmm. so they leave and then there's just chaos because Mashadar the this mysterious dangerous fog starts roaming around and so they've got to try and escape that and also the Trollocs and they also they all get separated. Mm. So everyone escapes but they all get separated. Mm, kind of like in the the TV show. Show. Yeah. Yeah. So Sorry. yeah. The the show is almost exactly the same just there's no encounter with more death. Yeah. Uh so we'll start with Perrin and Egwene. So they fall into the river. Perrin loses everything, crosses the river. Um, and then finds Egwene, who didn't lose everything. Bella actually managed to, like, tow her across. So she's got, like, her saddlebags, a little bit of food and stuff. Um, so they team up and they're like, well, okay, we'll, we'll head to Camelin. Mm. They get lost, basically. <laughs> they're not very good at their directions. And they're kind of starving and there's not much food to trap. And they meet Elias. Oh, Elias is amazing. Elias, who's Elias? Elias is this very cool wolfman who's got like the best outfit of like just shit he put together himself. Yeah, various <laughs> furs, and, furs and things. Yeah. yeah, and he's hanging out with his wolf pack and just being amazing and being like, yeah, I've known that you've been here for like a few days and you're a bit shit at like trapping things. Come have mm. a rabbit. Um, but like he's not – He's not dear to my heart because poor baby Perrin is now like realizing he's a wolf boy and he doesn't yeah. like it. Yeah, so they communicate to, to Perrin. They're like, "Oh, yeah, you can talk to wolves," and he's like, "No, uh yeah, cannot." Yeah, crazy none of that man. nonsense. You're weird. Yeah. <laughs> just and hold on a was... second. I just got to listen to whatever scrappy boy over here is saying. Yeah. So I think it was around here that you started talking about your um, theory of Perrin and Egwene's relationship ongoing. Yeah, I want I want him to be her uh, water. Mm-hmm. So we're with Elias, and they travel for a bit, and then they find uh, the Tinkers, the Tuatha'an, or the Travelers people. And Elias is like, eh, no, no, I don't really like them. But then they end up going and staying with them for for a while and traveling with them for a bit. He doesn't agree with their philosophy, um, but he is reasonably friendly and tolerant with them yeah. and they're they're the same with him they don't agree with him but they're friendly and tolerant mm-hmm. um and they share things together they're vegetarian he's not um they follow the way of the leaf he doesn't yeah the non-violence and stuff yeah do you think we see them again oh yeah because my big theory of the tinkers are going to meet the uh, desert people that rang comes from and they're going to have the two halves of the story and everything's going to be completed in one. Oh, yeah, that's right. So you have a theory about the Aiel and the Tinkers. Yes. because you, you were real on theories in these few chapters. You were like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> you give me a tiny bit of actual yeah. character development and I'm like, here is the story. <laughs> yeah. So what's your, what's your theory? 
So the Tinkers made like a comment about not really uh, liking or trusting the IEL. They don't really go in the spaces the IEL are and vice versa. Um, and I reckon that they're from the same like town or family from before the breaking or whatever, the mm-hmm. destroying of the world. Yeah, and breaking. Yeah, so they they have these stories of like how everything was wonderful and happy and together, but they split off into two groups because everything was like the war and terrible things were happening and the like adults or whoever forgot that or passed or whatever. So they forgot, the two groups forgot that they used to be buddies and they had a little argument because one of them's like the way of relief, like non-violence or whatever, and the other ones are like, no, like violence is a tool <laughs> used like a like like a scalpel is is good in mm-hmm. certain instances. It's still technically violence, but it's like you use it to precision. And the Aeels have that thing where like they only ever are dangerous if their face is covered. <laughs> yeah, it's like so to me. They're two halves of the same thing uh-huh. and uh, the happiness that they're both looking for is just them coming back together and understanding that they're part of the, the uh-huh. big whole. So the Tinkers are looking for the song? Yes. Are the Yeel looking for a song or something similar as well? No, they're trying to deliver a message. So they've got... Oh, okay. They've got... Oh, so they've, like, got the song but they don't yeah. realise it's the song. Okay. Exactly, yeah. Okay, cool theory. <laughs> so... Do they travel with oh, the with the tell Tuatha Un- theories are right. I'm so not going to tell you whether they're right or wrong. Um, <laughs> I'll forget though. You know this. No, nah, I'll remind you because I won't forget. Okay. Um. So they, after traveling for a little while with the Tuatha An, they wake up feeling spooked, like there's a spooky dream or something, mm. and they're like, "We're going to go a separate way," and off they go. And then we get a really cool, um, sort of montage scene of. Perrin and Egwene and Elias being chased by ravens. Like there's ravens ahead of them and ravens behind them and they have to like duck between sheltered spots all the way across this plain. They're heading somewhere to mm-hmm. safety. Um, and at one point Perrin is like, we're not, we're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And he contemplates whether he has the strength to mercy kill Egwene basically before the ravens can get her. Yeah. Because he's got to protect her. Because it's like they're like the messages of the the evil. And I think at this point they already start already had started saying things like, um, "The Dark One wants people alive, but he has the power over the dead. So like, yeah. if you die, it, um, it, they'll like get you. Um, but I also got the impression that if you die by his hand, he's got control of you. Whereas if you die otherwise, um. He doesn't have control. He doesn't have control of you. So, okay. like, taking yourself out of the equation or taking others out of the equation is the way it's you harder. protect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's yeah. like one of those, like, uh, mm. greater good, lesser evil. Yeah. But parents pretty much, pretty traumatized by all this. Yeah. Once they do, so they find a steading and they find safety and they're like, phew. And parents really shook up by what he was thinking about. And he's also shook about the whole wolf thing because he's like, mm. I can hear the wolves, but I don't want to admit that. Because he's a sweet, gentle baby puppy and mm. um, is now encountering violence and um, adult thoughts for like mm. the first time and he's not okay like it. with dealing he with it. Like it. <laughs> he just wants everything to go back to like teddy bears and, mm. and playing fake war yeah. games in your backyard with toys that you found. Yeah. 
And then they, so they think they found safety. They're safe for a little while well, from the ravens. And then white cloaks are coming into the steading. And so they try and hide and, they, and then they end up captured. And this is when we got to the chapter when I just started bawling. <laughs> you had no idea why. <laughs> yeah. So you were like, oh no. And I was like, what? And you're like, <gasps> and I was like, <gasps> Someone's gonna die and it's gonna be yeah. traumatizing and I don't so, know what's going on. <laughs> so Elias goes off with the wolves and tells Perrin to take Egwene and hide with Bella. Um, but the white cloaks find them and they say you gotta come out. And as they're kind of getting they're kind of getting ready to come out, they're like, We don't have a choice, we have to come out. Hopper, one of the wolves, is the like, wolf I've got you, bro, and st- leaps in and just gets like stabbed with a spear and murdered and I, I was wrecked and I hadn't even I don't think I've said like I think the action's happening and then it breaks off and Perrin just yells no and I think I got to no and then I couldn't say the next sentence it was really hard. it was just like it wasn't even like a long paragraph it was just no, it happens in an instant and you and you haven't even really like you don't even really meet I didn't Hopper. even know who Hopper like, was Hopper? but you're talking just more about Dapple yeah Dapple um and, and the pack the you're pack. introduced to him yeah but, so he, he but there's so killed. many freaking names in this book oh yeah there's heaps <laughs> um so he he gets killed and oh dear um they get captured basically and it's difficult for so Perrin goes berserk basically he kind of blacks out and he kills two white cloaks so I called it I called it yeah you're like I called it he's totally berserk yeah so we see that (laughs) we see that basically in episode one of the tv show he goes berserk and kills his wife yeah um we'll skip over to so Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve are still on the Shadalo goth side of the river I think because the Trollocs Went after them. So Nynaeve had had an experience where they were ch- kind of chasing her, and they would have gotten her, but then they're like, uh, lost interest, and like wandered off. And she's like, eh. if she'd yeah, been like they one of the boys her or something, and then they, mm. like, well, they were facing up to, her and then they're like, oh no, yeah, you're not one of the ones we're after. Yeah. Um. This is when we get Nynaeve sneaking up to Moraine and Lan. Yeah, I'm being so and proud of myself. <laughs> yeah, and Moraine only realises she's there because she can sense the ability of channeling yeah. in Nynaeve, which is that's when she tells Nynaeve that she's able to channel. And Nynaeve's like, no. Yeah. It happens like the chapter after or before Perrin gets told he can speak to wolves <laughs> and they're both like, no, you're lying. I love him. I love them both. They're like... Two of my favorite characters. <laughs> you really, I think you really enjoyed that chapter when Lan's like, "Oh, you snuck up on me," and Nynaeve's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I'm better than you." And then Moraine it- tells him to go find her horse, and she's like, "He won't find it," yeah. and then he does, and she's like, "Dang it!" Yeah. See, I because that's kind of like the petty thoughts that I have are always internal. <laughs> like mm. I don't voice them, or I don't like play petty games with people. And, like, I love that Nynaeve is that. <laughs> She's, like, yeah. it's very upfront, very open. But also it's it, I think it was either the first or the second chapter that wasn't written from Rand's perspective. Yeah. And I love mm. those chapters because the the Hopper death scene moment was one of the best um, bits of, like, actual character prose that he'd written at that point. Yeah. And then we get a Nynaeve moment where the whole chapter is just brilliant. It's just a good chapter. Yeah. So much happens. It progresses. You get so much information. It it's just like yes, thank you. 
He's very good at point of view writing and all of the points of view. So all of the characters are unreliable narrators. Yeah. So you can see like even Nynaeve, like the way she's thinking about stuff is kind of like that's her view on it. Like is that really how it's happening? And like in this chapter when like Land's like, Mm. I found your horse, like I can tell that that's how it was like supposed to be. And she's like, stop looking at me with your beautiful eyes. (laughs) (laughs) You make me feel things. I don't like it. Yeah. So they eventually, they, they go down to Whitebridge and then they end up going up um, cause, cause the, the Maureen had given the boys coins so she could track them. Mm. Um, Perrin still has his, so they decide to go and find him. Yeah. So cause it lo- seems like the others might be on their way to Camelin. Mm. So they do, they go and they find Perrin in, and Egwene in the White Cloak camp and they rescue them. Yay. Which is really cool. So Nynaeve finds Bella and is like, oh, thank God. If Bella's here, Egwene's here. Yeah, because this is another Nynaeve uh, point yeah. of view chapter and she's <laughs> land. She's no. just, it's angry thoughts for a couple yeah, it's, of pieces because she's left to watch the horses and she's like, Argh. But like the thing is like, Alan's like, all right, your job is to go get the horses. And she's like, I can do that. That's fine. And then he like fucks off and she's like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> like I, 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 do it now. Uh, <laughs> like I was so proud of myself <laughs> that I was going to mm. like just nail this job and he's already like disappeared. Like he's going to be laughing at me because I love him so much and I don't want him to be mad at me. Um, yeah. And then she goes to deal with the horses and we get a little bit of the white cloaks are just like LARPing as an army. <laughs> like they're they're yeah. doing it so bad. I love I love they just that. don't even look. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were just like parade up and down. And they've like, got a little all in the night. Yeah. yeah. It's like they go up and they like do their little parade and then they do their little pass when they turn around and do their parade again. They're not looking, yeah. they're not paying attention. They're wearing white so they're super obvious against the, yeah, the background. So she can really easily sneak in. So she grabs two horses and goes back and then you get like a switch where you're with Perrin and Egwene and Lan and Moraine and they're all like met up and they're like, all right, we're ready to go. And Lan's like, where is that girl? Where is she? She had one job. Where is she? We can't go yet. Yeah, <laughs> and Moraine's and like, like we, have we have to go. go. Like, and calm Lan's down. Like, oh. She's not that important. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. And then, like, and then she, she like, appears. appears and he's like, oh, okay. And like doesn't even yeah, tell her that he was worried. He's just like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're in love. Yeah. Um, so over to Rand and Matt. Yes. And Tom, I guess. Yes. Yeah, so, so they escape from Shadalo Goth. They jump on a boat that was on the river. Yep. Um, and that's how they get. That's how they lose their coins because they pay. Passage. Yeah, and Tom and gets like, mad because he's like, I am a gleeman. You just told stories. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not that hard. And you're my yeah. apprentices, so, like, they're wondering why you're walking around little country bumpkins you with a gleeman. Yeah. Um, I, you're my apprentices and I'm teaching you how to not yeah. be terrible. <laughs> Which the crew, I think, is quite entertained by their efforts. Yeah. So they learn to – Matt's really good at juggling, so mm-hmm. he learns to juggle and Rand learns to play the flute mm. um, and – Rand has a moment when he climbs up to the top of the mast. And he goes like full insane just for a second. Yeah, because he channeled again <laughs> yeah. to knock a trollic off with the boom. Yeah. And we meet Doobie Doobie Bale Domon, who's the like pirate captain guy. I like Bale Domon. He's really fun. Everyone loves him. He talks funny. Yeah, we he talks like funny. Uh, he's got a real sass to him. Um, mm. He takes no shit and like he has like, a couple of sentences and then a couple of sentences and then nothing from him and then he'll like 
narrate for 20 yeah. minutes. It's great. We get a little bit of exposition of the world. So Domon, Bail Domon, um, lists off some stuff like they see a tower mm. that's made of shiny metal in the distance and they see like they go through like a gorge, I think, and the walls are all carved with kings and queens and stuff. Yeah. And Bail Domon talks about collecting things and yeah. statues on islands and all sorts of other stuff. And I think I asked you about the time I was like, do we see any of these things? And you were like, I don't know. I honestly don't care because it's going to be like a seven-chapter description of a, of a statue or a wall or something and I'm going to skip that. <laughs> yeah. If it comes back, it comes back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll tell us what it means later. I really do not care like, yeah. about the world right yeah. now. <laughs> Give me the characters. Um, I think that whole sequence is a little bit more interesting on a reread when you're like, oh, okay. So they um, they go down the river and they land in Whitebridge where they lose Tom. Did they lose Tom in Whitebridge or did they lose him later? No, it was in Whitebridge. So they get off the boat and they're like, they go to an inn and they're looking for news. They're basically oh. looking for news of Maureen and the others. Yeah. Um, and Florin Gelb from the boat, who's a bit of an ass and really doesn't like them, came in and started talking about dark friends and stuff. And they're like, Ugh. and then the innkeeper tells them that basically there was a, a murder or a fade in town looking for people by their description. And so they kind of like Ugh, sneak out the window mm. um, and they, um, Tom changes his appearance, Yeah, wraps up all his instruments and stuff and gives it to Rand and is like, righto, let's leave Whitebridge. But then on the way out, a fade comes. Um, Tom distracts it while the boys run um, mm. and dies. Maybe. Mm. He I hope that he does not die. So you think he comes back? Did we see Tom actually dies or did we just see him get a little bit hurt in a way? We didn't see a body. We heard yells and blue flashes of light. Exactly. Which I think is the same as what we see in the show. So in the show they're at the the Grinwell's farm. Mm. So we lose lose Tom and the boys escape um, heading down the Camelin Road Mm. and then we get the timey-wimey road trip. <laughs> so you were so frustrated with this whole sequence that every yeah, every so, Camelon Road chapter you were like ah yeah so like they they hitch some rides and one of the fellas giving them a ride uh, is just really nice it goes you like remind me of my sons or whatever and like gives them scarves and all of that and then we do it again but like slightly better written <laughs> yeah it's it was a weird it's a weird kind of like nest egg of stories where you kind of go around I've heard it referred to as the timey-wimey road trip because it's like flashes forward and back and then there's more flashbacks within the flashbacks and it's just it's quite confusing yeah but the gist of it is mm -hmm. they go down the Camelon road Mm -hmm. um some people are nice and some people are not as they get closer to Camelon there's more people because uh a man who is who declared himself dra- the Dragon Reborn, who's a yeah. false dragon, has been captured and he's being paraded through a bunch of cities on the way to Tarvalon to be gentled because mm. he can wield the one power, which is terrifying for men to do. Um, and so there's a whole lot of travellers who are heading to Camelin to see the false dragon. Um, and there's also a lot of people who are, some people are nice, and so they stop at some farms and they work for food. Sometimes they get chased away people don't like them and then they figure out that they could use the skills they learnt from Tom 
to earn their keep it in. So they basically walk all day and then they land at a town and they play for their supper and then they usually have a bed to sleep in for a few hours and they get up and they walk some more because they're pretty desperate to or they catch a lift with someone going in the same direction Mm. and be like oh it's because we want to go see the dragon which makes a lot more sense than i'm sleeping in a haystack because reasons yeah and they also are fed and stuff yeah Um, so they're basically hitchhiking up yeah (laughs) meanwhile matt is progressively getting more and more suspicious of everyone around him Yeah, so Matt's got the yeah. dagger, which is something Rand saw when they were on the boat, on Bail Domon's boat. He's like, oh, yeah. you took that from, from Shadal the Goth, but doesn't put two and two together. Yeah, and Moraine, Moraine had said warned them, to. don't accept anything. Yeah, Matt's like, I didn't take it from him. Yeah, I stole I just took it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he, he didn't, didn't give, give it, it to me. I stole it. It's a yeah, semantic, but I'm going with it. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me love him so much more because I feel like that's going to be his like entire through line. Is this on a technicality? Yeah. He's technically correct. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And we find out later that it's basically because of the dagger is like a beacon for dark friends. But yeah. they, so they meet Howell Goad, who is a merchant who. Oh, like the fat them. merchant fella, scary guy. Yeah, so he's in the inn with the thin keeper, the mm. thin innkeeper, um, who tries <laughs> to lock them up. Never trust a thin keeper. <laughs> yeah, who tries to lock them up and steal their stuff. But then Howell Goad, like, I don't know, knocks out the guards and tries to steal them for the dark one. Mm-hmm. And that's when Rand channels the lightning mm-hmm. to escape and, it's, and Matt loses his sight. And that's when they stop playing at inns so that they're really, really slumming it again after that. Yeah, they because also, people found him at, at the yeah, inns. Yeah. Um, and they also meet Peter who's the best dark friend ever, that young kid who's like, yeah, the great lord of the dark who's going to get you, like yells across the inn and they're like, oh, my God, you just declared yourself a dark friend. And And in my head. And Rand just punches him. Yeah. And he's like, he's like like the guy, he's the the spotty teenager from The Simpsons. He's like, hi, guys. Yeah, he's like that, yeah. Yeah, he's like that, yeah. I can't do voice breaking noises. I have to practice that. And then um, there's also a nameless noble lady who has like a poison dagger who tries to stab them. Yeah, and then um, and gets Matt's locked dagger in the goes into the, into the wall and then the wall is burning. <laughs> yeah, no it's, her, no, it's her dagger. Oh, okay, sorry. So her dagger's poisoned and she throws it at Rand or Matt and it lands in the wall because Matt has a rave. Matt, Matt pulls out his dagger to stab her but doesn't because Rand's like, no, we don't kill women. And yeah. so they leave her locked up instead. Yeah, because he's a special boy. Mm. And then in the last town, there's Raymond Holdwin, who's talking to a fade, I think. And there's the guy on the cart who ends up giving them a ride all the way to Camelon and who gives all of the background of the royal family of Andor. Yeah, because he's a queensman. Yeah, he loves yeah, the queen. Loves the queen. Yeah. So they arrive in Camelin and they go to the Queen's Blessing, which is an inn that Tom said they should go to, and they meet Basil Gill. And he's he's a good fella. He's just just being lovely and taking care of them and gives them a room. Yeah, like basically for free. For free, Because they're yeah. Tom's friends. And yeah. I suppose because they have got Tom's instruments and he's like, yeah. Well, um, and then gives a little see... bit of backstory about Tom and why he's a goober. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it gives a, a little bit more backstory of, of Tom. He used to be court bard to Morgays, the Queen of Andor. Um, yeah. But then when his he got word that his nephew Owen was channeling and 
he had to go and she got mad to, at him. Yeah, so he, he just left. Yeah. But before he got there, um, some red sisters from the tower had already come and gentled him and left him, which mm. is not their process. So he got gentled without a trial. Yeah, which is it's. Mm. Um, and I think Tom was too late. By the time he got there, Owen had already died. Um, and then when he came back to Camelin, he was really angry because Morghese has an Aes Sedai advisor of the Red Asha called Elida. And I think Tom went off at Elida and Morghese was like, bitch, she's my friend. And the Queen's like, oh, Off with your head. No. <laughs> you just left. Yeah. <laughs> you just left me. Um, no, so, yeah, no. so he, he's not supposed to show his face in Camelin again, I guess. Yeah, he's um, been banned. And then we get to, I think, th- I think this is when we finally got you on board. Mm. We meet Loyal. Loyal! <laughs> yeah, and that you adore. Loyal is the best. He's great in the show, but he's best in the books. He yeah. is a teenage Ogier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's I just rumbly and slow. So we meet he's him rumbly in and the slow library. He's rumbly and gentle and wonderful and he, like, is excited about things and, like, it's like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm excited, and you don't want to listen to that. You're busy. <laughs> yeah. Like, so this is realize. when this is when we get the word Taviran. So oh. loyal goes. I think you boys are Taviran. Yeah. Taviran. This is your you. You just you. you and then later, yeah. when they all come, he's like, you're all you're all Taviran. Um, and he's like, that's very interesting. I would like to come with you, Rand. Yeah. And write a book. And Rand's like, um. Yeah, because he's going to go back you? to the steading and he's going to write a story, like the yeah. stories that he's read of all these adventures. Yeah. And later on, we get to the point where I'm like, we need to go to the steading. Loyal needs to invite them into the steading and serve them hot chocolate by the fire. And he's got an old, the grandpa shawl on the back of his um, chair and he's going to sit himself down and he's going to tell stories and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> loyal story time. Yeah, loyal story um, time. So we meet Loyal and it's very cute. Loyal uh, tells Rand he looks like an Aiel. Yeah. And he like welcomes him and says some ceremonial Aiel stuff and Rand's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Which is really cute. Um, and so this whole time they, they're kind of, I guess they're waiting for the others to arrive and Rand's mm. a little bit stressed and Matt's just holed up in their room. He doesn't want to leave. He's just cranky because of the dagger. Yeah. Um, and then it's the Loghain parade. So the false dragon is being paraded through the town and Rand's like, I want to go out and see this, like this sort of big momentous event. And what does he do? Oh, <laughs> He he gets himself in the crowd and he's like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is great. I can see people behind me can't because I'm tall, but who yeah. cares? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then there's like a beggar man who is like just wandering around everyone sort of like pulling away from because he's kind of gross. And he sees Rand and goes, oh, and Rand goes, ah, fuck, I'm going to get out of here. Um, and he scarpers away um, and climbs a wall because he still wants to see the parade. Yeah, <laughs> he gets idiot. to see it. He, gets he does to get see. to see it, but he falls uh, off the wall after seeing the parade, which I've now completely ignored because the next thing happens. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, he meets... basically he falls into the yeah. palace garden. Yeah. <laughs> which in my head, so there's a bit in the um, Zelda or Canada of Time <laughs> game where you climb into the palace garden and then you meet Zelda. 
Oh, and in my head, I'm just better. having that music playing the entire yeah. time that you were reading me these chapters. I'm like, this is the greatest. It's quite funny. So he's sitting, he's parked himself on, he's climbed up the wall and parked himself there. And then he mm. like watches the parade. I'm assuming mm. like, you know, for a good like 10, 15 minutes. Oh. And the whole time Elaine is in the tree, like next to him. So she yeah. sees him climb the wall and then park himself. And she's just like, oh, watches the parade. And then when it's over, I think Rand mutters something to himself and Elaine answers and that's what makes him fall off the wall. Yeah. It's <laughs> great. We know the whole time. So that is really cute. So we meet Elaine, the daughter heir of Andor, who mm-hmm. is – so Loghain's been paraded to Camelin and then the royal family, I guess, and their retinue is going to join the parade to journey to Tarvalon yep. because Elaine's going to go study in the White Tower. Because yeah, she's going to boarding tradition. school. Yeah, she's going to boarding school. That's mm. the tradition of the um, crown of Andor that yeah. the daughter heir goes and studies at the And White her Tower. brother or someone goes to study to be a warder. So she has Yeah, a- so Garwin is her brother mm-hmm. who is the first, what's it called, first sword? Mm. first something of the sword or something champion he's basically he's first, her champion. yeah and um so he's there to sort of guard her yeah. and then they also have a half brother whose name is galad and, and he's, he's super the most, sexy yeah he's so the sexy. most good looking man rand has <laughs> ever seen i think he introduced him and you were like oh my gosh are they gonna get it on like rand i and would galad. love that i would love that so much like it's it's setting it up so like rand and, and princess are like mm, hello and princess is super into rand but i want it to be the set brother, the, <laughs> the half brother, yeah. whatever it is, um, and Rand's like, yeah, but your brother. <laughs> yeah. So Galad goes and so knocks on them. He goes and dobs. Yeah, um, there's a stranger in the garden, and Elaine and Garwin have to like do some quick thinking to like protect Rand, and he ends mm-hmm. up being taken before the queen. Yeah, and the whole time he's like, like shit. This yeah. is the worst. And he still hasn't gonna, worked out. I'm trying not to draw attention to myself and here I am before the Queen. Yeah, but he like totally didn't work out who he was talking to or where he was for like almost all of this chapter. He had just fallen and hit his head. That is true. So we had a good go. And you don't really expect that, do you? Like, what? What's going on? Um, so he gets dragged before the Queen who um lets him go, but he also meets a lighter who mm. has a foretelling. Oh, I love it. She's such a sassy bitch. The queen says, tell everyone what, like, what we want to hear. Speak and speak, speak it all. Yeah, yeah, make it clear, make it concise, and, like, say everything. Don't hide anything from us. And she goes, okay, and says part of it loud, and then she whispers the rest of it. Yeah. To rest. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sassy bitch, I love it. <laughs> something about this man is going to disrupt something, and he stands at the centre of it. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, and it's also Rand's just very disturbed. He's like, mm, and no. Yeah. Well, he's had this like older, probably quite attractive, well put together woman whisper in his ears. <laughs> he's having yeah. a big day of feelings. Of this, this Aes Sedai <laughs> that he's been told under no circumstances can you go to her for help. Yeah. Um, but Morgais lets him go. And so he's like, I'm a leaving. And on the way out, Garwin's like, You look like an Aielman. Yeah. I'm not. Why do people keep saying that? Stop it. <laughs> and so he leaves and he arrives back at the inn and he's like, oh, my God, you guys, you won't guess what happened to Basil yeah. Gill. And they're like, really? And then Basil Gill's like, uh, okay, Elida's going to be looking for you. So you've yeah. got like max two days. Yeah, to you got to go. Because <laughs> she's going to start searching inns. Yeah. Um, 
And then I, th- I think now we might take a short break because we've been talking for a while. We're a little yep. over half. We're a lot over halfway through the book, but yeah. we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with the rest of the Eye of the World. <laughs> And we're back. So once Rand gets back from the palace, mm-hmm. um, the band gets back together, basically. So it's really yes. good timing. He's he's going, shit, I need to get out of Camelin. I suppose we better start heading to Tarvalon. And then um, one of the serving girls sends word that, you know, there's a lady in the kitchen who wants to talk to you. And this is very cool because Moraine's just, like, wandering through the town and she's like, oh, there they are, and, like, just, like, hones in like a scent hound. Yeah. Um, and yeah. just, like, walks in the back and tells the people like, in the kitchen. We're here to see Randolph or Matron yeah. Cawthon. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, uh, okay, weird. Yeah. <laughs> so they so they share stories, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this is when they go up to see Matt and they're like, where's Matt? Is he okay? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's just kind of cranky. Yeah, he's just being Like, he's not sick. Go, he's they go up cranky. there, Nynaeve yeah. is all like, oh, Matrim, I need to touch your head and lick yeah. your face because yeah. mums do, you know, lick the thumb and wipe it on the face like, yeah. do all that stuff. And he, like, lashes out and, and is all, like, really says paranoid. says nasty thing. Yeah, then Maureen comes in and is like, holy shit, this is the devil yeah. <laughs> incarnate right there. Um, what the fuck? Um, but sends them all away. In the TV show we get this the really cool healing. Where he's like, she sucks the yeah, blackness Yeah, the black out. stuff comes out of Matt. Um, and then onto like Maureen's face and then back into the dagger, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, the, in the book, it happens off screen. The crowd all go back to the library and they meet Loyal there. Yeah. And Rand has a stupid moment of like, oh, yeah, I, could, I was surprised the first time I saw Loyal, but he's yeah, cool. Like, Why do you think he's a trollic? He's totally cool. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's just a sweet, the same. sweet baby boy. But then he does go, oh, at least they didn't pull a sword on them. Yeah. <laughs> they just went, yeah. oh. Um. So they're all introduced. Um, and so what happens with Maureen and Matt is that she kind of halfway heals him. So yeah. she makes him feel better and she, like, contains the evil so it's no longer a beacon for dark friends. But Matt has to carry the dagger with him. Yeah, because taking it away will kill him. Yeah, so if it, yeah. if it takes away, it'll kill him. She needs to get him back to Tarvalon where there are other Aes Sedai and as a group they can fix him completely. Which kind of makes sense because he- it's a He's ill through exposure, Mm. so it's kind of like an addiction. And if you stop it all at once, a lot of the time, um, that person will die. So it kind of makes sense, which is really, it's really cute because he comes out and he's all like, oh, I've been like a little weird, sick for a while. Yeah, Yeah, like, sorry, guys. He doesn't remember much either. Yeah. Of of the road, like, since, and not even, like, even he doesn't really remember much of what happened in the two rivers even before Shadalo Goth. Yeah, Um, which kind of makes me think that. It's almost like a PTSD type mm, response. Response, yeah. like it's so bad that his brain is like, we're just mm. not going to deal with that yet, and he's going to like have to manage that later on. Um, but that kind of just ties in with all the characterization of what I was saying about Matt in the TV show. Yeah, yeah. So they're all in the library and loyals there as well, and they kind of share their oh, stories. The there was a few different stories they've picked up that. They need to go to the eye of the world. Yes. So in some of the dreams that the boys have been having, so the Alzheimer's has been entering their dreams throughout the 
book and that like weird stuff happens and he like confronts them and stuff um so he's been entering their dreams and he said that he's something about the eye of the world won't serve you so all three boys i think heard that Mm. um perrin also heard a a story with the tinkers i think this is when you started putting the tinkers in the eye together so there were some tinkers out in the eye waste Mm -hmm. and a maiden of the spear one of the eye women Mm -hmm. had sought them out she was half dead she was almost dead and she's crawling towards their caravans and they're like that's really odd because normally the IEL like they don't want to talk to us at all like they yeah. avoid us we and don't she go through the them and they're, and they're us, trying yeah. to look after her and she's like no 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 you have to tell something about sight blinders going to blind the eye of the world yes you need to tell people you need to tell people and they're like whoa and so they spread it around the like tinker caravans and then they tell Elias because they're like Elias you might know like what yeah. the fuck this means so Perrin hears that and so then he tells them I thought there was another instance as well oh um a loyal loyal had it oh yeah so mm-hmm. loyal said in the steading in in a, a different steading not his mm-hmm. there was a man there who came in half dead like similar to the maiden who talked about the eye of the world um, being yeah. blinded or something, or and this something is like, like twenty that. years ago. So this has been going yeah, on basically long, long all time. Rand's so life. Maureen's like, okay, I think we need to we need to get to the eye of the world. <laughs> Big time out. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh shit! Let's go to I the other this, world. Yeah, this is what we need <laughs> to happen. Yeah, we've got an Ogier here. Hmm. And there are Trollocs surrounding Camelin. We can't get out any normal way. It's a long, long way to the Blight, where the eye of the world is, um, north of Shinar. Mm. Let's go through the ways. Yeah. And Loyal's like, um, and tells a lot of exposition stuff. Yeah, but this is the first time that Loyal hasn't been like, yes, and to everything that everyone says. Yeah, um, he's like, he's like, uh, it's like, he's, he's the bad boy of the Ogiers. Like, he's going out into the world. He's very rushy compared to everyone else. The elders hasty. think he's, he's he hasty. needs to calm down. Yeah. And mm. even he's like, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. And I love that because he's a little teenage badass. Yeah. yeah. Basically, the rest of the time he's like, this isn't a good idea. I think I want to go back to the static, but he just keeps going along with whatever's happening. Yeah. Um. So they go into the way. So the way gate is in Camelin. It's in a basement in Camelin. So the the Ogier Grove that was there has been like torn down and mm. built over, which o- Loyal's a bit upset about. Um, They open the way gate and they go in and it's very spooky. And they spend quite a lot of time in there because they sleep as well Mm. and it's freaky no one likes it it's scary and then they're almost they have to double back at one point because a bridge is broken and it just falls down into nothing which is really Mm. terrifying and eventually when they're quite close to the Faldara way gate where they're headed um they hear some wind and it's matching shin Mm. and loyal is terrified oh no they manage to outrun it though but the way gate's locked and Maureen has to, like, burn a hole in it. Which is and very cool, when, very cool. Yeah. But still. Yeah, because like, Match and Shin can't get out. So that's yeah. it's quite a bit different to how it happens in the TV show, but it's kind of similar as well. It's like hits the main beats. Yeah. They're in Shiner and they head to Faldara, the fortress city, um, where we start to hear land called, oh, they say Taisha Malkia and Daishan. Um, mm. They're calling out these things, and, and that's when everyone's like, "What are they? What are they? 
Well, they call him Lan, and, and, they're and everyone they all out. know they know who he is, and he knows everyone. Yeah, and they're all calling out to loyal and just being like, "Welcome, yeah, like, yeah builder." And so builder. He's, and he's like, like "Ooh, I'm <laughs> yeah. here." Yeah, no, like they they know how to say hello, which is yeah, like he's not he doesn't think less of the hasty humans for not knowing how to say hello properly, but, but he, he really it enjoys when, it when it when they do it. Yeah. And, and Caitlin, they had no idea. They thought he was a troll. Like he's like, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, just but here they know like who he is. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, that's much better. Yeah. Um, they end up spending the night um, in the center fortress in the fortress city. Yep. With um, Lord Agomar, mm-hmm. who tells some stories. So we get Land's backstory. Yeah, we get so much progression in the actual story itself yeah. as well as, like, backstory. But yeah, it's, a lot happens in the last few chapters. Yeah, and it's beautifully presented. A lot presented of information. Because yeah. even though he's doing the world building and it's, like, describing the world and everything, it's quick. <laughs> it's a yeah. sentence, not yeah. a chapter. Yeah. Um, You're much more happy with this lot. You're like, yeah, this is interesting. Um so we get all of Lan's story, which is he was he was just a baby and his yeah. parents were king and queen of Malkia, which was north of Shinar. Um, and there was this sort of political intrigue. Um, another, I think, I don't know, the, the king's brother or something thought that he should have been king instead. Because they're like voted wife, king or something. Yeah, yeah and weird. his wife was quite nasty and did some political machinations and and yeah stuff happened and people got blamed and this and that and the other and then there turned infighting. out there was a dark friend who yeah. betrayed them there's like this whole full-on like drama yeah um and i got the impression that the because trollics, they were fighting inwards they weren't paying attention mm. to what was happening outwards yeah and the trollics and they got, got through. yeah they got overrun by yeah. trollics everyone died except land got smuggled out mm. with his uh, tiny little protector crew yeah no one knows what happens to the woman and Lan's cousin. They, like, ran into the blight and they're like, well, I guess they're dead. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, he got smuggled out. Everyone else died and the blight encroached and basically covered all of Malkia and mm. now Shinar is the northernmost border at yep. that point. Yeah. So we hear all that and Nynaeve's like, <gasps> like shook. <laughs> yeah. Like, Lan's a king. Yeah, he's a king. What? I got a crush and a king. Dang it. And then we also, so Padden Fane makes an appearance. So it turns out that he's been following them the whole time. Yeah. And he followed them through the ways and everything. Um, And they get his story out of him. So what happened to him him. is that he's been a dark friend for a long, 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 long time. Yeah. And at some point, like three years ago, he got taken by a Merdral to Shiogul to like meet with the dark one. Um, And they were like, we're hunting for the dragon reborn. Um, off you go and so off he went and then he had to after that he had to come back and get all of his like memories distilled and then send him back so I think that's when so he was the one who brought the Trollocs to the two rivers yeah Um, he's been made into the hound of the dark one yeah Um, they like did something to him so after they escaped the two rivers and they left the um he ended up with the Trollocs who Mm. kind of dragged him dragged him behind them he had a really awful time um, all the way to Shadalogoth where uh, the Trollocs all scattered because of that whole thing with Mashadar. Yeah. And then and Panapane's like, yeah, I'm free. And then was like, actually, he's not. He has this urge to, like, follow Rand. 
and and Matt and Perrin, but mostly Rand. So he's like, mm. and so he couldn't stop to eat. So he's eating bugs and stuff. So he was the beggar mm. um, at the Logan parade. And he followed them through the ways. So he's like not having a good time. So he's like kind mm. of a mess. Yeah, it's it sounds like it was really hard because like originally when he's like signed up to be a dark friend, he's like, oh, I get all the, I get the cool T-shirt, I get the yeah. membership card. Um, people think I'm cool and badass, um, and he's like being a peddler because they're all looking for this um, dragon, looking for something. Baby. Yeah. It's like real long game there, evil guy. So, yeah, <laughs> so he's being held prisoner in Faldara. Yeah. Um, thinks that they're there to help because there's all these Trollocs descending on Tarwin's Gap and they're like, oh, my God, we need aid. Uh-huh. Um, no one's sending aid. We're all going to die. Thank goodness Moraine's here and, and Lan can fly the Golden Crane and they're like, oh, sorry, mate, we got to go the eye of the world instead. And he's like, but. but <laughs> and Lan's like, I'm not a king. I'm not going to do that. And he's like, yeah, we've had this conversation before, but you could do it and it would be if really it, helpful. If you did it, we'd have more men. <laughs> yeah. That would help. So they're off to ride to their doom. Mm. Um, Moraine and co. get a a little escort to the border of Lord Ingtar, who's quite annoyed. He's like, I'm going to miss the fighting by the time I get there. It's going to be over and it's all your fault. You won't even let us come with you into the Blight. Which yeah, if I could useful. go with you, it would be more fun and I could say yeah. I went into the Blight, but you're not going to let me do that and now I'm going to miss the fighting and it's going to just, my day is ruined. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> so he's angry, he's grumpy. So off he goes and Moraine takes everyone into the Blight and it's kind of just like it's a forest and then gradually it begins to change. It kind of becomes like humid and hot and rotting it's just yeah. kind of gross um they camp by the hundred lakes where the seven towers of malkia no, they are. don't get very close because there's an because there's a sea the monster in the yeah. lake and he doesn't um, make sense because he can't fit there but he does <laughs> and this is when lan and nynaeve have their nighttime conversation that's yeah. very romantic because a lot of their romance being... is happening off screen and you yeah. just get these little bits where like someone it's a slow burn. yeah so he says the thing which he says in the tv show of um i will hate the man that you marry because he's not me, but I'll love you for making you happy. I'll love him for making you happy. Yeah. And he's like, Because he's like, I'm not going to marry anyone because I'm a king. <laughs> yeah, the, your bride dowry, bride gift yeah. would be, you'd be a widow. Yeah, so um, you'd be marrying to be married to a dead man basically. Yeah. So, like that, so and it's, all, it's very romantic and it's very sad and mm. it's very sad. Um. They carry on the next day towards the like mountains, um, and then they start getting attacked by like the trees and shit, mm. <laughs> all the stuff. And then all of a sudden, the attack stops, and there's a worm coming, which I always imagine as like the sandworms from June. Yeah, but they sing. Yeah. So like they're whistling worms. So I'm imagining yeah. like a mix of the sandworm from June, but like thinner and longer, and they're sort of like weaving in between the trees, and there's like a few yeah. of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and everything disappears because the sandworms are like the worst thing. But the worms won't chase them into the mountains because there's worse things in the mountains. Yeah, so let's <laughs> so go to the worst like, things oh. again. Um, so they're galloping and they're not going to make it, they're not going to make it. And then all of a sudden they're in this beautiful paradise. And the green man is there, yay! Yeah, so the green man comes and he's like, oh, hello, and hello, tree brother to yeah. loyal. Which is really and I sweet. forget some things because i got a big old crack in my head, but it's okay. Yeah, and so he comes and he's kind of like, oh, okay, it's over. When they, they ask to get taken to the eye of the world, he's like, okay, 
this is the end. Yeah. And I'm like, no, it's okay, it's fine. And he's like, no. So we, this this is it. when everything starts to get kind of weird. So they, the green man takes them to these archway and goes, mm. either world's in there, I'm not going to go in there with you. You can go in there. And so they go in and they go in this tunnel, which is like it's like artificially made. It's made mm-hmm. with some technology that's been lost. And at the bottom of the tunnel is just this big room and there's an eye-shaped pool of mm-hmm. something, um, which Moraine says it's Sidene. It's the male half of the true source. This is an untainted pool. So what happened was at the breaking of the world, so when Lutheran turned himself into a mountain, he had he had attacked the Dark One to seal him in his prison mm-hmm. and the Dark One's counterstroke was to taint the male half of the true power, the one power, which runs the wheel of time. So there's a male half and a female half because in this world everything's binary. Mm-hmm. The female half is fine because only men did the attack but if you're a man and you can channel the one power's been tainted, it's the dark one's taint, and you go mad and die, which is why it's bad to be a male channeler. But this here in the eye of the world is a pool of untainted siding. And everyone freaks out because they're like, oh, man power. <laughs> we don't like the man power. Yeah, but the, the boys are like up against the wall. <laughs> yeah, being they're like, like freaking out. Back away. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't touch it. Whereas like everyone Please. else is sort of like, like oh, we understand. They're freaked the out, but they're like, mm. yeah. And then, they, then they're like, okay. And so they go back up the tunnel outside and they're like, what do we do now? And then these like two random dudes appear. Yeah. Their Vampire names, guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's Agenor, mm-hmm. whose face is like so dried up and leathery because he looks like he's a thousand years old, mm. which he is yep. more than a thousand years old. Um, and he's got his mate Balthamel, who's wearing like a gimp mask. <laughs> I thought something. I thought it was just like a full face, like or like like the V for Vendetta. Yeah, like, like that kind of mask. almost neutral, but you kind of know it's kind of a face in there. But now I yeah. want it to be a gimp mask. I think that's amazing. So they <laughs> introduce themselves. They're like, "Hello, we're Adjinor and Balthamel, and we're Forsaken." And they're like, "No, no, no, the Forsaken are bound in Shale Ghoul by the." creator and, and they're like oh, no. And they're like, nah, nah, nah. we're a bit close to the surface which is why we're looking a bit shabby yeah um they followed the dagger i think yeah um, to get there and they're like ha ha ha, ha and they're kind of evil and they just like attack um, but i like how showy evil they are <laughs> yeah they're very cartoon evil yeah um it's just very think- opera evil actually like let me come in and sing an aria about how evil I am and here's my sidekick and he's got a bar as well yeah um, meanwhile the lead actors are like on the other side of the stage going <gasps> oh no yeah shock horror yeah I love so it I think I think one of the first things that happens is that Lan hesitates because Moraine and Nynaeve are like a either side of him like yeah, as far yeah. away from each other as they can be and he hesitates because he doesn't know which one to protect yeah he makes a decision but it's too late and he gets smacked down. But we yep. don't know what that decision is. And I'm like, oh. And then because he gets smacked, Nynaeve goes, no, and then runs at um, Agenor with the knife and he just smacks her so she falls like a rag doll. Yeah. And um, Egwene goes to run, but Rand's like, hell no, like this doesn't work and like tackles her down to the ground. And then Moraine starts doing um, fire stuff. 
with her power, magic fire stuff. Mm. Um, but they're they're losing, and then the green man tromps in and is all like really angry, and he grabs yeah. Balthamel and uh, like turns him into like a fungusy mushroom thing. Mm. So basically, all this like stuff starts growing out of him. But but the green man sacrifices himself to do so, and like this is a, another bit where I broke down. I'm like, I can't make it through the green man. So, yeah. like, these characters Hopper and the Green Man that we like barely know. I'm just so attached to. I think I think Hopper affected me more because of what I was doing in my private yeah. life, but also because it goes from oh, there's just a puppy that's hanging out to like it's really sudden, and it was a description of like a puppy playing with leaves on the wind or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, oh. Hopper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whereas the Green Man, you no, meet and you again. understand, yeah. Um, green man, you meet, you understand like he's a person. He's got a backstory. He can't really remember all of it, but there's some there. And you're like, oh yeah, well, like he's content with himself. And he's old, and he's old, and he's very much like, um, like the natural world needs to grow. But sometimes you just like give it a little bit of a boost to make it grow like as best as possible, sort of thing. And so you're like, oh okay, like I I can. He's okay with himself passing and his time coming to an end. But then he, like, sacrifices himself and makes himself into this epic tree. The tree, yeah. Which is so cool. And then, And then later on, after all of the saga finishes off, the most important thing in this book happens, which is Loyal sings the tree song. Loyal sings to the tree, yeah. And then he's like this (sighs) wonderful tree in the middle of the like, oh, yeah, yeah. So it's one of it's one of the things that it would have been really cool to see the green man in the show and have that. Yeah, maybe it'll get worked in later. Maybe, but it is kind of this really random. The whole either world stuff is really kind of weird. Yeah, random. there's so much more that happens in the books, mm. and and it's like so, two two chapters or three chapters. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, three chapters for yeah. this bit or something. So. So um, Balthamel's out of the picture, but Agenor is still going at Moraine with the power. Um, and Moraine tells them to run. And so Rand starts running and Egwene starts running. And Balthamel, I mean, Agenor goes to follow Egwene and Rand's like, no, anyone but her. And you yeah, hated that because you're like, you just told yeah. him who's important. Yeah, you don't tell the bad guy what the important thing is. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Rand runs away and Aginor follows Rand, which Rand somehow knew. And he goes up, he kind of scrambles up this big slope and gets to the top and it's just this like sheer cliff face at the top. And he's like, yeah. well, shit, there's nowhere to go. <laughs> and Aginor's coming behind him. Um, and then he notices there's like this white cord attached from attached to Aginor and like going off into the distance. Was it and white it's, like, or was it pulsing. black? It was white. This one was white. Okay. It's pulsing and... Agenor's getting, he's looking a bit more healthy, like he's regenerating. Um, oh, Rand, yeah, because it's like a creepy umbilical cord. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird. And Rand kind of looks at the cord and then like some of the cord kind of splits away and comes towards Rand and Rand's mm. like, oh, and starts kind of sucking on the cord. And Agenor's like, no, it's mine. I want yeah. it. Um, and then, but meanwhile, Rand's like, I need to get away. I need to get away. And then he suddenly is away. He's he's in Tarwin's Gap. So yeah. <laughs> all he knows is that he's like on this dirt and he's like, oh, I can see there's like a battle over there yeah. and they're going to regroup. And he's like between the forces. So there's like the humans on one side and the 
Trollocs on the other either end of the gap and in, in the pass, and he's like in the middle. And he's meanwhile like, he's like sucking stop. pure lightning. <laughs> yeah, he's like you shall not pass. Yeah, and like makes because they start running towards him. And he's like oh shit, and yeah. then he like flattens the Trollocs. Yep. And then, and he's like, yes, that's good. And then this, like, staircase appears. And so he climbs the staircase. I'm going to climb the staircase, which he climbs for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And then he ends up back in, like, the dream landscape that Balsaman, that he's met Balsaman in before Mm. with the door to, like, the room. And he goes in there and he's like, I've had enough. Yeah, we're done with this, eh? Yeah, and, and Balsman's like, oh yeah. <laughs> so Balsman does some like tempts him with like images of his mother and Egwene and and stuff, and he's like, no, 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 I deny you. And then he notices there's a black cord attached to Balsman. He's like, I'm gonna chop that. So he like makes a sword from nothing, like mm-hmm. this kind of like a lightsaber fire sword, and slices the the cord, the umbilical cord. Yeah, and then there's like a big yell, and then he like is floating. So he gets like unconscious. Yeah. And he wakes up on top of this gross, charred pile of gross stuff. And yeah. he's like, ew, that's Agenor. Yeah. It's everywhere. <laughs> and he's not feeling good. He's a bit like, he's got a headache and everything's spinning. And, and a lot of time has passed, maybe, not really sure. Um, and he's like, oh no, Egwene, I wonder what's happened to her. And he goes down. He's also coming back to his senses. He like he's like Egwene. Oh yes, I know an Egwene. Like yeah. he's kind of empty, and then he's like remembering stuff again. And then he so he goes down and he finds Egwene and Nine even Moraine. So just the three of them. Yeah, and they're just sort of a bit wary of him. Yeah, they're a bit like. Nah. And Moraine is is injured, so she's quite she's not well. Yeah. Um, she I don't think she has any physical fire. injuries. She's just like really tired. Yeah, because she was really doing, weak. Doing the big fires. Just yeah, doing big channeling. Yeah. And um, this is when, so that the, the boys, Lan and had taken Loyal and the other boys down into the eye of the world, which is now empty. There's no more power in it. Yeah. And they've gone to see what's at the bottom. Um, and it's, so it's just Maureen and the, and the two girls. And they explain to Rand, they're like, yeah, you can channel the one power. Mm-hmm. You, like, Aginor burned himself out channeling from the eye. Mm. So Rand was, like, sucking it away and Aginor was like, no, no, it's mine, and then, like, pulled too much in and burnt. Um, and Oh, I like how the show dealt with that. With the yeah, whole, it was, it was yeah. done kind of differently. It was it was the, the women mm. attacking the, yeah, all the Because I didn't stuff. understand that from when you read it to me, but now that you say yeah. it, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't, it's take, it takes a lot <laughs> The whole yeah. Eye of the World, there's, like, videos on YouTube about, like, what the hell is the ending of the Eye of the World? What's actually happened? Yeah. It's a bit vague. And there's a lot of stuff set up that may not necessarily play out. Mm. Um, so Rankin Channel, he's like, well, shit. I'm going to have to quarantine myself from everyone because I'm going to go mad and kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very shook about that. And they're like, no, no, it's fine. It's our secret. We haven't told the guys. Lan knows, obviously, because yeah. Lan knows everything. Moraine knows. But he won't say anything. That's okay. And they're feeling a bit weird. Then the boys arrive back, and at the bottom of the eye, they had found uh, the dragon banner. Yep. The banner of the dragon. And um, a seal, so a palm-sized round disc, which has the symbol of the ancient symbol of the Aes Sedai, which is like the yin-yang without the dots, mm-hmm. and it's broken, which is concerning. 
There's only seven of them and one of them is broken. Where are the others? Are they broken too? Once they're all broken, the dark one can escape. Heck. Yep. And a chest, which is really heavy and ornate and only loyal can carry it because he's big and strong enough. Loyal. And inside <laughs> the chest is the Horn of Valia. Yeah, and we get a little bit of story Which the Dragon Reborn needs at the last battle to call the heroes of the Horn. Mm-hmm. So they're all like, whoa. Then Loyal sings to the green man tree. <sighs> it's beautiful. Made me cry again. Yeah. They return to Faldara. There's like a party in the streets because they're like, oh, my God, we like miraculously won the battle. Like, isn't that nuts? Like, yeah, it's crazy. And But Agomar is like, I saw a man. Yeah. Do what a... men shouldn't be able to do. And I'm disturbed. And yeah. I think that... Uh, this isn't over. I feel icky and weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. we won this battle, but does that mean that something worse is coming? Yeah. Which it does. So this isn't that. the end. <laughs> yeah. And then at the very, very end, we get our very first Moraine point of view for like a paragraph. Mm-hmm. She's listening in um, on, I think, Randon Lan. And she goes, mm, the dragon has been reborn. Da, oh, and da, then the da. book closed, yeah, because yeah, I was like, I was waiting for the, the next bit and it didn't happen. Yep. <laughs> yep, that was it. That was the end. And that's the first oh. time. So one of the big differences between the show and that first book is that um, the whole Taviran and dragon reborn thing. Mm. So Taviran isn't mentioned until Loyal comes across them and is like, you know, I think you're Taviran. And Mar- Moraine's like, yeah, you know, I think you're right. Mm. Um, and only the three boys are Taviran, not the girls in the book, <laughs> Yeah, which the girls may as well be Taviran. Yeah. Um, and then the whole dragon thing. So I remember when I, when I first read this, I knew immediately Rand is the chosen one because mm-hmm. it's his point of view and he's a young man in a fantasy novel. This is how this works. I knew Rand was the chosen one, but I didn't know if this dragon thing was the chosen one. Like if that was the same thing. Oh, so maybe he's not the dragon. Maybe he's the yeah, person. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if the dragon yeah. is like a bad guy or something else in like the prophecy and Rand's going to like defeat him or like it could have been like I was – I'm very open-minded when I read. I don't really – but I just remember being like, I wonder what this dragon thing is. Is that the chosen one? Is Rand the dragon or is mm-hmm. he like something else? Like it wasn't certain. I think about halfway through the book I'd been like, okay, yeah. <laughs> he's the dragon reborn because then you, you introduced a little more to the idea that he's not necessarily a bad guy in the book yeah which I didn't have because I'd already seen the tv show because <laughs> you're in the tv show so yeah. in the tv show like the very first scene Maureen's like there's four Taviran in the two rivers yeah. and then she gets to the two rivers and she's like one of you is the dragon reborn yeah so you're like introduced to that so when you're like oh Rand's such an idiot for not knowing it's like well no one had ever said, like, the concept of the dragon being reborn in, in your lifetime is like the boogeyman. It's yeah. not something that's ever even, like, would cross your mind. And you don't even know what that actually is. It's a mm. thing that your parents would say, like, oh, I'm going to sell you to Dumpling Man. Like, what's a Dumpling Man? What do they do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just some vague bad guy. Like, you yeah. would never think that you were that person. Yeah, exactly. And so at the moment, at the end of this book, he's just like, well, shit. I'm a man and I can channel. Mm. So that sucks because I'm going to die. Because I'm going to go mad. Like throughout 
the book and the TV show, his greatest power is denial, mm. um, which fits in really well with him just being like, yeah, I'm not a dragon. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Yeah, he does deny. Yeah. Yeah. So are you looking forward to reading the next book? I quite enjoy our story times. Um, <laughs> so that was Caitlin's thoughts about the eye of the world. Yay. Did you have similar thoughts on your first read through? Are you also a first time reader? If you are, you can engage with Twitter of Time by using hashtag WhatFirstTimer and hashtag WhatNoSpoilers. The fandom does a really good job of not spoiling first-time readers. We love to hear people theorising as they read through the book. It's very cool. Um, You can find us on Twitter or Instagram at IsnItNeatPod. You can also email us on IsnItNeatPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Now go and enjoy something you think is neat. Bye.